Welcome to the FinTalks, a chat with Finance Malta. Today we have financial consultant Steve Lul to talk about ESG and sustainable investing. Steve, can you give us a brief introduction of who you are and what you do? Okay, I've been involved in asset management. Um, asset management is my my, my original profession um, for the last uh, for the last decade or so. Um, I worked in uh, Usage Menko pr- primarily in Malta, um, and my uh, my I was very much involved in investment management uh, across across different asset suites and across different funds. In the last uh, couple of years, I moved into the realm of sustainable investing because very probably this is something which will reshape uh, the asset management industry in the broader sense. Yes, indeed. And momentum has been building behind ESG and sustainable investing with you know investors across mm. the value chain talking about this approach to investment. Can you give us a bit more detail what this is all about? Yeah, basically, I think the uh, the first thing that needs to be that needs to be clarified out there is why all this is happening, and this is, in my opinion, something which pretty much relates to the broader global direction towards fighting climate change and be serious about that. Um, uh, the idea essentially is that uh, if we are really serious as a planet uh, in fighting climate change um, and ensuring that we achieve our ambitions by 2050, we will need to put our money where our mouth is and we will need to ensure that capital flows towards green projects and towards sustainable companies. Essentially, we really need to reshape the the entire global industry and transform it into a sustainable one. So that basically, in essence, would amount to give or take a hundred trillion dollar um, expense over the next three decades. Um, so it's very much clear to me that unless we get capital flowing, and that uh, unless we get the capital markets all over the world to actually um, fl- to actually drive this capital flow, then it's going to be very arduous for every every different different country to actually achieve its ambitions. So that's what, where we're starting from. from. It's obviously very cl- critical that the capital market, the actual capital markets, are in essence very very critical. To all this, and this is something which is not really, really new. In the last decade or so, ESG was quite, uh, quite, uh, was getting quite a momentum across developed capital markets. Quite frankly, um, uh, even sustainable investing and impact investing—it's something which is not really new to financial markets. What's changing recently, in my opinion, is that the political drive um, in different continents, not just in Europe but also in the US, with the change in, in administration has accelerated the space. Um, so accelerated this, this space towards a, a faster flow of capital. So at this moment in time, we're seeing roughly more than 50 billion euros invested in ESG funds across Europe. Um, and the growth part is significant. Even the growth rent is, is significant. But we're also seeing legislation coming into force. Uh, we've spoke a lot about non-financial disclosure regulation, sustainable disclosure regulation, and now we're looking into CSRD. So regulation is really driving this in a way, but what really gives me, what really encourages me is the fact that we have a lot of capital market drive and industry drive into this. Mm-hmm. And something which I, I think is very, very important is the fact that asset managers across developed markets uh, have been for the last years now really using 
ESG and sustainable investing, if I can use that term, um, as a competitive edge in financial products, which is something important, which is something which is really needs to be looked into. It's important, but needs to be taken with caution because of of course the greenwashing risk is always there. But this uh, this is something which probably gives a very good indication where the market is heading. Mm-hmm. And where are capital markets at the moment in terms of of applicability and and in practical terms of mm-hmm. what ESG and sustainable investing is is being done. Yeah. Angel, I think momentum is there. So uh, we've seen this not just locally but also uh, predominantly in in developed market capital markets. Momentum is pretty much there. What I think is very important at this moment in time is standardization. Um, this is quite um, quite an issue in terms mm-hmm. of um, uh, in terms of ensuring there is consistency of data across the board. And more clarity, in my opinion, is really needed uh, across different sectors on what data needs to be reported and why that data needs to be reported. Mm-hmm. And I think something which is very important at this stage is the taxonomy regulation, which really gives some clarity and irons out some some issues which seems to be seem to be very fluid. At um, I mean, not more than twelve months ago. So the taxonomy regulation gives an indication of what is green, what is really green, and what is greenwashing, um, and is also giving a good direction in terms of standardization, but more needs to be done, and I think this is where the CSRD will probably uh, give a positive impetus um, to, to the industry, because the CSRD will clarify uh, the ESG standards that are required across mm-hmm. different sectors and across different country, co- companies within those sectors. So I think that at this moment in time, there is a lot of goodwill from capital markets, mm-hmm. um, generally speaking, despite COVID and all the, all, the, all the issues brought about by the pandemic, there is a lot of goodwill from industry participants as well. So even corporate entities um, have been uh, ensuring that ESG and sustainability and their business model is actually geared towards sustainability, as I said before, because they really want to have this as a competitive edge. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is positive. But I think at this moment in time, consistency is critical and standardization. Regulation play, will play an important role in all this. But I think the industry is really the key enabler to ensure that this consistency and the transparency and the reliability of information is uh, is delivered to the investor. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I mean, data has always been an issue within ESG and it's something that all investors from the, the large institutions to the retail investor yeah. struggle with just because of this lack of inconsistency and this lack of standardization. Uh, yes. Um, in, uh, I, I, when I was involved in institutional ma- asset management, um, the big issue was the availability of data. Mm-hmm. Um, so institutional clients and institutional asset managers have the ability to discern and uh, actually collate adequate data and make it consistent themselves at asset management yes, level. But they have the different pro- methodologies as a result. Exactly. The problem is with retail investors. I mean, the retail investors won't have the adequate resources, the adequate information, the adequate data sets to actually compile that data themselves. Mm-hmm. So consistency is critical if we really want to ensure that capital flows even uh, throughout the entire value chain um, of, of, of asset management 
of, of the asset management industry. Mm-hmm. Um, data has always been an issue, not just in sustainability. I, I, I mean, back in the days, the entire financial crisis was pretty much um, caused by the lack of transparency in terms of information. Mm-hmm. So I think this is very important. I, I take comfort from the fact that the regulation is really um, looking into this seriously. Taxonomy has been mm-hmm. clarifying these issues. The CSRD, I'm very, very confident that the CSRD will be able to iron out these transparency and consistency issues as well. Okay. And can you elaborate a little bit more about the role that regulation is going does play and is going to play in driving the sustainability agenda? We have SFDR, we have... Yeah. Asia as well is yep. kind of coming up with, with stream, yes. regulations because as a region, they want to you know, keep up with Europe, which has always been seen as the leader in this space. Yeah, look, from my perspective, um, regulation at this moment in time, as we said before, needs to tackle consistency, transparency and eligibility as well of, of different companies, mm-hmm. um, predominantly in the capital markets, but perhaps even looking beyond that. So uh, I think something which is critical at this moment, in t- at this juncture, is the proper application of the CSRD. So we've moved from financial reporting to non-financial reporting. Mm-hmm. Um, now at this moment in time, the non-financial disclosure regulation covers basically uh, the largest companies, companies which employ more than 500 employees. That is give or take, uh, that covers give or take 12,000 companies in Europe. CSRD will cover all listed companies bar the micro enterprises, which, and therefore that would imply an amount close to 50 or 60,000 uh, companies across, mm-hmm. across Europe. So the scope is widening mm-hmm. um, significantly. And what is really interesting is that CSRD will also have an impact on non-listed companies. Okay? Okay. Because at uh, the moment you are uh, trying to ensure that uh, with um, uh, trying to ensure that ESG is calculated across the supply chain of a company's products or services mm-hmm. with the interconnectivity between companies. It's very clear that companies that supply uh, services right. or products um, to, 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 to other subsidiaries will definitely need to be in scope. So I think that's something very important. It gives a very po- a very strong policy signal uh, to capital markets that ESG nowadays and sustainable financing needs to be embedded in business models rather than um, uh, perhaps as we used to look at it at the past in the past um, having CSR as a peripheral mm-hmm. um, a peripheral element uh, in terms of, of business in terms of, of, of the way companies are run CSRD uh, will ensure that board discussions and senior mm-hmm. management discussions take into account not just the bottom line numbers but also the impact on the environment the social element yes. and governance which is also very very critical yes to have full integration i mean we've seen that esg integration has been growing and a lot more even just investors are applying esg in that space rather than just having you know an esg team or a sustainability team sitting in a silo and what are the challenges do you think to to implement these regulations what could mm. derail the their potential benefits 
Okay, there are two issues which are which might be concerning at this moment in time. First of all, um, we went through the pandemic. Um, some were worried that the pandemic might derail a little bit the pace uh, in terms of sustainable investing, but it didn't quite happen, quite no, frankly, because I, think it I actually did the saw opposite. quite 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 a, an increase, an acceleration in mm-hmm. pace. Now there's this concern that the situation with uh, with the crisis in in, in Russia and Ukraine. If it's if it's uh, if the longevity of this crisis is extended, then that might have an impact in terms of cost ba- co- cost elements uh, on right. many companies, and therefore this issue might be seen, or sustainability might be seen as an added burden mm-hmm. in terms of 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 costs, and therefore reduces priority. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced of that argument, particularly looking at it from uh, a continental European perspective, because the momentum that has been gained by a lot of companies, particularly the largest companies, even in the financial industry, for example, um, it's so important that at this moment in time, it would perhaps be not that much beneficial to have a reversal of that Mm -hmm. momentum. Furthermore, the fact that even the banking industry itself is uh, ensuring and getting on stream regulation which will require banks and financial intermediaries um, to uh, measure their ESG impact and the the, the ESG impact on their loan portfolio, that is also an important element which will trickle down across the the capital markets because, of course, banks and financial intermediaries are critical enablers Mm -hmm. um, of that. So that is one particular challenge. The other challenge, in my opinion, is ensuring that sustainability and ESG and sustainable regulation is not seen by market participants, particularly in the financial industry, as yet another regulatory requirement, yet another box that needs to to be ticked. Um, And that is, in my opinion, the the, the strongest challenge because we've seen seen regulation, (laughs) we've seen quite a lot of it in the financial industry in recent years, and Often, this uh, attitude has been um, an attitude that has been taken um, uh, by financial practitioners, not not in all circumstances, but there has been so much regulation going on stream in such a short period of time Mm -hmm. that, you know, um, uh, I think think sustainability needs to be seen more of an important competitive element Mm -hmm. rather than just another regulation. That is very important because... If we fail to do that, then the greenwashing risks starts increasing. Then doing um, or going sustainable starts becoming more of an additional capex cost Mm -hmm. within a board discussion rather than a competitive edge. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something which, uh, if you had to ask me which is the greatest challenge at this moment in time, I would say it is ensuring that or all key players, all critical enablers, in my mind, the financial industry, the asset management industry, mm-hmm. auditors, okay, mm-hmm. um, they need to embrace the concept rather than satisfy the regulatory requirements. Yes, exactly. Rather than just satisfy the regulatory yes, requirements. Yes, yes. And they need to, they also, apart from the opportunities, they also need to understand that it's potentially a risk to not do it. Exactly. And I would say the cost 
of not going sustainable for many uh, of our financial companies is potentially higher than the cost of actually yes. imply, uh, applying applying sustainability. I see this in the financial industry, but I also see this in the wider corporate world. And I take comfort from the fact that even companies and sectors which are probably going to be defined in this ESRD as high-risk sectors, mm-hmm. to, my, to my mind, the oil and gas industry mm-hmm. comes to mind, even these companies have been investing seriously in sustainability. They yes. have been taking sustainability quite serious. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing investment and consistent R&D investment in hydrogen, for example, mm-hmm. from many of these companies, not just solar panels, so not, not, not just solar, solar energy or, or, or traditional wind farms or traditional mm-hmm. renewables, but even tomorrow's renewable energy. So th- if these high-risk sectors can do this, then exactly. undoubtedly the financial industry can be a critical enabler for the rest. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. And on a Maltese dimension, what is happening in Malta? What is the Maltese financial industry doing? How is it tackling these issues? Uh, if you had to ask me this question 18 months ago, I would have told you uh, we're, um, we're struggling. Okay. Um, uh, Uh, But in the last 18 months, I've seen so much going on, so much willingness, so much goodwill um, coming on stream from from all these companies. At this moment in time, um, only recently, back in November, Malta launched its first ESG platform, which Mm. actually encapsulates 80% of all listed Maltese companies. Um, That's roughly 4 billion euros worth of assets, which uh, have been measured in terms of their environmental impact, their social impact, and their governance assessment as well. And uh, I've been involved in in that project, and I know how committed the participants were. These were companies that potentially never had about ESG mm-hmm. um, uh, before, and they actually committed resources, committed information, and were frank about their disclosures as well. This, this has been done on a purely voluntary basis. Let's, okay. uh, let's appreciate that at this moment in time, only two companies are uh, in Malta, only two companies are actually uh, in scope of, of the non-financial disclosure regulation. Right. So uh, having basically 80% of uh, companies which have equities on the exchange participating in a voluntary manner in this, in, this, in this project was important. Nowadays, Maltese investors can actually assess which Maltese company is doing more than others in terms of ESG. Okay. And uh, that is something which is a very, very, which is very, very, very encouraging. Um, uh, more than that, this project has led to the fact that many other corporate entities in Malta, not just the financial industry, but other corporates, which technically speaking might be out of scope in terms of CSRD, mm-hmm. are actually uh, getting involved in ESG. They are literally. Um, and, like, calculating their, their, their data at this moment in time. And even at board level, these discussions are taking place, not just in listed companies, but also in companies which perhaps might, uh, might be looking into capital markets and in the coming years. Mm-hmm. But they really want to ensure that ESG is embedded in their, in their, in their, in their business model. And I think there's something, with, I think this attitude is very important. The fact that uh, apart from regulation, which is a key driver, and I have to say that regulation has been, I don't know whether it's, uh, it's ideal or not, but in the last decade or so, everyone in the financial industry would tell you that regulation has been the driver of change. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that business development needs to be an important driver of change. And if with that business development, we embed sustainability, then our companies will be able to, and our financial industry can be able, can, can, can actually change, transform itself, 
ensuring that more profits are made, but even better profits are made in terms of quality, but also in terms of impact on the people. I think it's important for companies, Maltese and international companies, to ensure that with their investment decisions, with their board decisions, they would be able to do well while doing good. Brilliant. Thank you so much for your thoughts. You can find the recording of this podcast on the Finance Malta website, on the Finance Malta YouTube channel and all other social media platforms. Thank you.